Thomas, John is given the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Part of that is a communication from the Lord to several of the churches in which he speaks to them directly. The church at Philadelphia is the lone church that did not receive a rebuke from the Lord. Every other church, he said, I have somewhat against you. He does not make that statement to the church at Philadelphia. And as the Spirit of the Lord, I believe, drew me uh, to this particular portion of Scripture, I would dare say that the Philadelphia church is a model and example for us to follow because there are very definite blessings and benefits that associate with us pursuing life in this direction. Amen. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia. Now, Philadelphia, have you heard me use that term before? The three kinds of love. Philadelphia love, that's why you love your brother, your sister, your cousin, your Aunt Lulu, or if you got one. The eros love, that's the love you have for the person that you marry, spousal love. And then there's the agape love, which is the love of God, uh, which is unique and is the most precious commodity found in the universe. Amen. And without it, the church does not have a license to operate. To the church in Philadelphia, right, these things, says he, who is holy, defining himself, he's holy, he's true, he has the key of David, he has authority. He who opens and no one shuts and shuts and no one opens. That is power. Verse 8, I know your works. Beloved, the Lord knows who we are, where we are. Amen. What we're doing, but more importantly than that, what the possibilities are if we give ourselves to him wholeheartedly. Philadelphia, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door and no one can shut it. That means this church can live in confidence. Amen. That as we are in the middle of the will of God, we go forward. And as we meet any challenge that comes our way, we do it with the knowledge and the assurance that with God all things are possible. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. First thing we need to pursue. Let us keep the Word of God, all of it. Let us rightly divide the Word of God, but let us keep it. Do not contaminate the Word of God with anything that is not the Word of God. The Word of God is perfect. The Word of God is holy. The Word of God is true. I can go all down this list in definitions of what the Word of God is, but don't contaminate it with something that comes from the mind of man. Amen. Keep the Word of God. Respect the Word of God. Honor the Word of God. And most importantly, obey the Word of God. It's one thing to read it. It's even one thing to study it and know what it says and understand what it means. But until we put it into practice, what do we have? Keep His Word and do not deny His name. We live in a culture in the United States now with all the political garbage that's going on, a divided nation, there is pressure on the church to, and I want, I want, to, I want to put this, oh, I may as well just go ahead and not be, you know, sweet. There is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, and anybody else ain't it. 
Oh, but Brother Andy, you can't say that to folks who have other religions. I'm telling you that if you embraced anyone else beside the Lord Jesus Christ and put your hope in it for your salvation, you are lost. We do not deny his name. We proclaim his name. Amen. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. We do not deny his name. Jesus is exclusive. There is no other religion. There is no other philosophy that equals him and certainly none that can replace him. We keep the word of God. Now, when you do that, you're going to put yourself in a position to where you will find yourselves at odds with the prevailing thought that is in the world because the, the very lives that we live are offensive to that world and that world system. They do not understand us. Well, why do y'all do that? Why do y'all act that? Dear Lord, especially Pentecostal folk. Now, it ain't got, you know, really yet. I'm heading that way. Y'all were here Wednesday night. Same man's behind the pulpit was here Wednesday night and got the same feeling. Praise God. We will not deny his name. We will take his name to the grave. Amen. I got a book in my office called Fox's Book of Martyrs of people who absolutely gave the, the very last measure of devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ who were given an opportunity. If you will deny him, you'll live. If you deny him, we will stop inflicting pain on you. And they said, no, I will die before I deny his name. What happened to them people, Brother Andy? They died and went to heaven is what happened to them. Amen. And I know that, that a lot of times there's scrutiny, criticism, you know. Most of it's based on misunderstanding concerning Pentecostal Christians especially. We get loud. Amen. When's the last time you felt so good that you just hollered out loud? Been a long time. Braves lost. You didn't do that. Falcons, they stink. Georgia got thumped by LSU, unless you're an Alabama fan and had to wake, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Dan. Brother, praise God, we beat Tennessee. So Brother Dan may have had a little bit of that because they thumped Tennessee this week. But my point is that to receive and experience the blessings of God, you have to submit yourself and ex thank you, Lord, and express that joy. Praise God. There's nothing like the joy of salvation. I'm saved. I'm saved. What does that mean? When I die, and I'm going to die, everybody's going to die. For those of you who are visiting with us, you came to the one church, that the pastor reminds his folks, all God's children are going to die. It's going to happen. But if you're saved, you're going into the presence of the Lord. There's nothing to beat that. Amen. The promise of eternal life, which is so wonderful that our imaginations can't embrace it. The promise of eternal life, not confined in these bodies that are condemned, but to be lived in a glorified body that will never get sick, never experience pain. Isn't it going to be great to, to live in a place where there is no sorrow? We can't we don't understand because we live in a world full of sorrow. We live in a world full of pain. But we have been promised that which this world cannot provide. Therefore, 
a choice is given to us. Choose you this day who you will serve. We have chosen the Lord. And in that, to keep his word and not deny his name. In verse 9 to the church at Philadelphia, Jesus says, Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them to come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Amen. I will prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. Amen. Verse 10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Now this is a particular promise that we show enough need to embrace this morning. Because you have kept my command to persevere. Perseverance is not an option. Perseverance is a command. The Lord has commanded us persevere until the very end. Overcome. Engage your challenges. Engage your obstacles. Overcome them. Persevere. Do not allow any circumstance to steal your faith. Brother Danny, I've been through a hard time. Well, welcome to the club. Everybody's going to have a hard time. It's a sin-cursed world. Bad things happen to good people. This world's not fair. Amen. And whoo, Lord, are we going to do a little meddling right now? And all these folks who have taken the gospel and present it to people as a means, well, you know, uh, you can live your best life. You know, and, and, and I'm here to tell you, there's no better life to live than the Christian life. But it's not all about solving your problems and making you happy in this present world. You know what it's all about? It's all about going to heaven. It's all about your name being written in the Lamb's book of life so when that resurrection trumpet is sounded and the Lord stands on the right hand of the Heavenly Father and that shout goes out and the dead in Christ, amen, are given their glorified bodies and then look, 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 those of us, who, if it happens right now, who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The gospel is not about making me comfortable in this present world. It's about giving me the assurance that when that day comes, I am ready for it. When the day comes, I'm ready for it. Let the trumpet sound. Let the Lord stand and declare, come forth, my children. And let us go. It is the promise of the abundant life. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, that you might have it more abundantly. And people take that and they twist it into saying that, well, Jesus is my big old Santa Claus. And he'll just give me, you know, whatever uh, my heart desires, so to speak. Anything to make me any more comfortable. That's not it. The, the abundant life that Jesus promised us is that those who believe in him, who have been born again, amen. That's what happens when you put your faith in Christ. That we live every day with the expectation that today might be the day. Today might be the day. Today might be my last, if you're having a bad day, today might be your last bad day. Amen. We live with that expectation. It's like opening presents uh, in, in, for Christmas morning. And the folks here, they know what I'm about to say next. we got folks here who haven't heard it once. So y'all can just say it with me. When I was a kid, my mama bought me Christmas presents and put them under the tree. And I lived, boy, that, that week before Christmas, I, did my, I examined every one of them 
trying to determine what is under all that wrapping and packaging. And it was a joyous time. Anybody ever had fun under a Christmas tree on Christmas morning or whatever? Let's just break it down to where we live. How many of y'all like to get something for nothing? <laughs> Praise God. An honest person in the house of God. Now, I'm at that age now where what I get is socks and Old Spice. But it don't matter. It's free, it's Christmas, and it puts a smile on my face, you know. Amen. We live with that expectation. As I lived as a child, the expectation, the time comes when I can tear all that wrapping off and see what I get for nothing. Just for, be, just for being who I was, for being my mother's son. All that stuff was mine. We live with the expectation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And having that expectation, it modifies our behavior. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be robbing a bank when the Lord comes back. Amen. I want my name written in the book. And I want that spiritual assurance in my life. That, praise God. I don't have to worry anymore. Amen. I don't have to worry anymore. Let us persevere. He says, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which has come upon the whole world. What's he talking about to test those who dwell on the earth? He's talking about the tribulation period, folks. Let's put this in chronological order. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, it could happen before I, I, another word comes out of my mouth. The dead in Christ are going to rise. The resurrection is going to take place. And then this whole world is going to be put under an hour of trial. The Antichrist is alive as I speak. And if you haven't been paying attention, let me inform you that all this junk that's been happening is a smokescreen because behind the scenes, powerful forces are at work to get this world ready for the departure of the church and the rise of the Antichrist. Amen. And if somebody has with all good intentions, giving you a tribulation period survival guide, let this minister of the gospel pop that bubble for you this morning. There will be thousands, millions saved during the tribulation period, but you ain't going to be one of them. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. The word of God is very clear. Because they did not love the truth, the Lord sent them strong delusion that they might believe a lie and be damned. You miss that rap. And I know I've heard folks, well, honey, you just don't take the mark of the beast and you'll be all right. You will be the first one to saddle up for the mark of the beast. Oh, Brother Andy, don't say that. If you miss six meals, you will dive in a dumpster looking for something to eat. So don't tell me, if, if you don't have the moxie to live for the Lord now, don't tell me you're going to make some great sacrifice during the tribulation. It won't happen. You, what are you saying to me, preacher? You need to get right with God today. You need to stay right with God. And when that rapture trumpet sounds, that resurrection takes place, your name needs to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you need to be ready to go when the Lord comes. He says if we'll persevere, he will keep us from that hour. Verse 11, Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Hold fast to what we have, what we have been given. We are to embrace it, receive it. That means to lay hold of it. We are to grab hold of it and keep a hold of it. Amen. So that no one may take our crown. Let us hold fast which we have and no 
compromise is part of that. Amen. Because compromise, my Lord, well, here we go. Compromise don't work, folks. We're not seeker sensitive. We preach the gospel. This place is almost full. Lord in mercy. And we ain't painted the ceiling black or nothing. How in the world all you folks wind up in this church? And we, you know, we do all, all the things, the stuff I get in the mail all the time. You need to follow this program. You do this, you do that, you do the other, and people will flock to your church. Let us preach the gospel of Jesus Christ without compromise and see what happens. Let us submit ourselves to the leadership of the Spirit of God and see what happens. Amen. Whoo, glory. What, you know what will happen? It might get loud in this house. Amen. And that's just more than me hollering when I preach. I mean, folks, just folks ordinarily are not loud people. They might get loud in this house. Somebody may begin to speak in a language that they have never learned. Just like I did when I saw my son walk into church this morning with his children. Amen. My, my, don't mess with Brother Andy. Not now. I tell you, the God we serve will answer your prayer like a bolt of lightning out of a cloudless sky when you do not expect it. In the middle of the night, What is that commotion going on in my son's room in the middle of the night in the wee hours of Wednesday morning? What's the matter? What's wrong? What's happened? He's praying. And I don't mean to embarrass him, but I'm going to obey. I will obey the Lord at the expense of my son's prayer. And he ain't just praying. He's raised in this, folks. That's why it's so important. My sons know how to pray. They know who to pray to. Amen. Who is this God that we serve who answers prayer? My son's sitting in his truck. He pulls up fire on the mountain from Pigeon Ford. Who's preaching? Kenny Morris. Amen. What happens? Breaks him. He gets to his bedroom, he prays. My son prayed a prayer of repentance, the likes of which I have never heard in all my years of ministry. I prayed with thousands of people over the years. I've never heard a prayer of repentance like my son prayed the other night. And you know what happened when he got through praying that prayer of repentance? He lifted up his hands and he was refilled with the Spirit of God and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of the Lord gave him the utterance. So you don't, it's not just here, it's not the music that we play, it's not anything about building up or working up folks' emotions. This thing is real. It's real here. It's real out in the middle of the desert where nothing else is. Amen. We serve a Jesus that stays with us wherever we go. And when we need him, no matter where we are, all we have to do is look in his direction. Woo, Lord, here am I. Help me. Isn't that great? Praise God. I, as I've shared with you, I'm so thankful that you don't have to come through me to get to the Lord. Amen. I mean, you know, Brother Andy, you knock, I'm, not, I'm not knocking people. I'm knocking what they do. Don't go in some closet and tell some guy your sins. He can't do anything about that. Our Father, Hail Mary, pfft, so what? 
You're just a sinner when you go out like you were when you came in because I can't forgive you of your sins, but I have good news for you that no matter where you are and if it's the last breath you take in this world, you call on his name, he will respond because he is faithful and true. Glory. He's got it on his thigh. It's written. Who is faithful and true? The Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory. Amen. No compromise. We're going to cold what we have. No compromise. If it flies in the face of other folks, I can't help it. No compromise because compromise doesn't work. I pray with folks in these altars here. They think a sin gets you in a mess quick. He'll put you in a hole, the psalmist said. I was in the bottom of a hole. My feet were stuck in clay, and I couldn't move, and I couldn't get out. And I've seen folks in that predicament. And I've seen folks pray because they were upset because they were in that predicament. But I've heard people pray, and they, they, they were upset, not because they sinned and got them in a mess, but because they had sinned against the holy God. If you're just upset because sin got you in a mess, you're going to get in another mess pretty soon. But if you're upset because you realize I have sinned against a holy God, that prayer of repentance, the Lord will respond to you, and he'll save you. Who is this Jesus that I've refused to compromise? He is the one who took a convicted felon with him into Abraham's bosom after his sacrifice on the cross. Isn't that amazing? You would think he would have some great religious... <laughs> it, was that guy, it was that guy on the right side that said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. What was the Lord's response to that? Well, I'm going to need a few Our Fathers and Hail Marys. No. And, I, and like I said, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to folks. I, I, I'm not going to compromise the gospel of Jesus. His response to that man said, I say unto you today, you shall be with me in paradise. Amen. And when that guy died and our Lord gave up his life voluntarily, I want to remind everybody. And he walked into Abraham's bosom. What were them folks doing in Abraham's bosom? Because you can't go to heaven unless Jesus takes you. Amen. And, and, that, and I, I can see them now. The patriarchs, Noah, Moses, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, going down the line, the prophets, Elijah, Elisha, Daniel, them three boys uh, in the uh, fire furnace in, in Babylon, they're all looking. Well, here he comes. We know Jesus, but who's that guy he's got with him? Somebody nobody knew. A convicted felon that Jesus saved at Calvary. I got to tell something. See, the gospel we preach is this. We get down to where you live. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, the grace of God is sufficient to forgive you of your sins and save your soul. And if you will believe with your whole heart on the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not about churchianity. It doesn't bother me if you join this congregation or not. That's not what it's about. It's about placing our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I've had folks over the years, oh, brother Andy, I did this and I did that. And I'm like, yeah, 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 come on, tell me all the other junk you've done. Yeah. I said, None of that matters. I know, but I've, I've been so bad. Your badness cannot overcome his holiness. How great is Jesus? He will save to the uttermost. And it has come to pass that whosoever shall call 
upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. In spite of any, every effort of the enemy to dissuade, he cannot overcome the power of the gospel. Amen. You know, Paul declared it in the book of Romans. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. I don't know of any Jews in the congregation. If you are, I'm glad you're here. But most of us are Gentiles. Praise God that he saves Gentiles. Amen. He saves whosoever will. Praise his holy and righteous name. His response to our prayer is forgiveness and salvation. Man, I'm talking. I've got to close my eyes. I'm talking to somebody. Listen. I'm glad you came to church this morning because the Lord has saved this message from last week for today just for you. He wants you to know that he loves you. He wants you to know that his grace is sufficient. His unmerited favor is sufficient to save your soul. And that the only means of salvation is through faith in him. And that if you will call upon him, amen. Confess him with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. He will wash away your sins and save your soul. Praise God. And everything will become new. He will give you a future. Now, that future doesn't mean that you're not going to have obstacles. doesn't mean you're going to be somehow exempt from uh, the negatives of living in this sin-cursed world. What it does mean is that he will give you the confidence and assurance of a child of God that no matter what lies in our path with God, all things are possible. Praise his holy in righteous name. Just a one more verse. We're going to pray. A couple more. Verse 12. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. Amen. What does that mean? That means he's going to put us in an eternal kingdom and we'll never leave it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. And then in verse 13, as he ended with all the other letters to the churches, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He's speaking to us. Let us keep his word and not deny his name. Let us persevere. Let us hold fast that which we have without compromise. Compassion without compromise. That is the mission of the church. We're not judgmental or looking down our nose at anybody because everybody that's saved was once lost. But we can tell you that there is a Jesus who loves you, who died on that cross and shed his blood who is risen from the dead and seated at the right hand of the Father. What's he doing? He's making intercession for everybody who calls on his name. You don't have to beg the Lord for salvation. You just have to ask him. Amen. Lord, save me. Remember Peter when he stepped out on the water? He was walking on the water with Jesus as long as he was looking at Jesus. But when he began to look at the storm, he began to sink. And he was going under, folks. And the Lord was watching him and did not move until Peter said, Lord, save me. What if Peter hadn't said that? He'd have sunk like a hammer. 
But when he said, Lord, save me, the word of God says immediately Jesus reached down and saved him. He will do the same for everyone else. Stand with me all over the house. I'm, he's through with me.